God's grace, his mercy, his peace are yours through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have been inundated with numbers and statistics these past weeks. The sad statistic that just recently has been put before us is that now we've reached the 100,000 plus mark of COVID deaths. And then right next to it is the number that have been infected and the number of recovery. And then you can go state by state. We have these numbers put before us all the time. We have the numbers that are put before us of how this impacts the world. And then we also have other numbers about unemployment and the numbers, numbers, numbers keep coming. And most of these numbers, when you look at them, they, they, make, us, they make us sad. They make us troubled. They make us fearful. On this day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit records for us one number. And it's an amazing number when you think about it. Going from just a few that were behind locked doors, not but a few weeks earlier, to simply proclaiming a message. And then one day, the Holy Spirit, through his power, brought 3,000 people from death to life, the beginning of the Holy Christian Church. And it's really amazing when you look at what the Holy Spirit can do. When the one that was promised came, he delivered this power, but, but it wasn't maybe like you think. I'd like to just reread a few verses selected from Acts chapter 2, which records the Pentecost account. And, and we see that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. In these opening verses, you'd think that the Holy Spirit was showing his power when the wind came and gathered these people together. And, and you'd think the Holy Spirit was showing his power when tongues of fire came and rested on the, on the disciples. You'd think the Holy Spirit was showing his real power when the, peop the people gathered there could hear and understand the disciples speaking in their native languages. And all this was evidence of the Holy Spirit and its power. But the time that the Holy Spirit really showed his power was in that last verse I read. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. It was the message that Peter offered that really showed the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And after many other exhortations of, of the Old Testament and promises fulfilled and the prophecies of old that came to light when Jesus walked this earth, everything that was foretold, the Messiah that they were waiting for, all those gathered in Jerusalem were coming there to worship God and to focus on the Messiah. He connected the dots and then he says, Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. 
God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 300 were added to their number that day. Wow. Lately, as we talk about opening up church again, we focus on the numbers. With the new sanctuary, how many people can we fit in there? And the sanctuary that sits around 500 and the overflow in the chapel, and if we socially space to make sure that we can accommodate the CDC guidelines, maybe we can bring 300 people in there. And if we took the people on Pentecost on that day, it would take 10 services to accommodate that, that number. If you think about it as far as the population of, of Lake Mills, what is it? Way over half of what it says in the sign as you drive into Lake Mills of the population. What in a single sermon... Was, was brought to faith in Jesus, was baptized and connected to the waters of salvation and introduced to the promises of God fulfilled in Jesus and eternal life. That number is, is really amazing. And I wondered perhaps why Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit used this number, this, this 3,000 number. Why did they put this number here? Because so often when we see the work of the church, no number is listed. And what it made me think of, though, is in the context of this, too, think of the city of Jerusalem at that time. There were probably more than a million people in Jerusalem that came for this festival, and only 3,000 were brought to faith. When you look at it from that perspective, that number isn't as great. But the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to focus on numbers here. He wants us to focus on the power that the message of Jesus Christ brings and the power that the message of Jesus Christ does to, to souls. And that's where we come into the scene too. God has work for us to do. The Holy Spirit has promised power from on high and that power is wrapped up in this message of Jesus Christ. Look what it has done for you. It has changed you forever. It has taken your sins away. It has brought you into a new and holy family. It has given you a relationship with God in heaven above. You know that Jesus, who ascended on high, watches over every part of your life and makes sure nothing gets in the way of his plan and its fulfillment in heaven. You have everything to look forward to. You are promised that in life God will bless your days and use you and your works and your resources and your gifts to continue his kingdom work. That's all wrapped up in this message of Jesus. And Pentecost is far from over. It continues today. The disciples until this day were finding time to go to the temple and worship and were probably interacting with people that they knew and that was the easier work to do, right? To talk to people like-minded, people who perhaps had witnessed the resurrection. And God said, no, the message needs to get out. So he brought these people together on that day, gathered them together through the wind and the fire and brought them to listen to this message that convicts hearts and changes eternities. And Peter offered a message that's no different than the message we offer today. 
that Jesus came as foretold? He lived and died in your place. He took every single sin away. God the Father was satisfied. The resurrection proves that all, proves that all is well and that Jesus says, because I live, you also will live. I'm preparing a place for you and for me. It's as simple as that. But the question I have to ask today, because of the situation we're in, it, it's sometimes easy for us to, to cower. It's easy for us to make excuses of why this work isn't continuing in our lives because we have been stuck in our homes. It's easy to, to make excuses of why we can't support the work because look at the economy right now and, and look at the numbers in the stock market. It can be easy for us to think that what possible difference can I make in that person's life? I'm not even allowed to go six feet from them. These are the things that we often convince ourselves in our mind are okay. But this is apathy. This is not taking God's plan and his purpose and using the power of his word to carry on this precious work. And for these, which God says is sin, it's ignoring his commission to go and make disciples, God says repent. Just like Peter told those people there that were accused of killing the Son of God to repent of their sins, they did. What, what are we to do? And then be baptized, connected to Jesus Christ. All sins have been washed away. That's why Jesus came for you and for me to take these sins away and then to embolden us by the message that takes away our sins and changes our eternity to speak that same message that others may have their sins taken away and their eternities impacted too. That's the work God has given us here to do. He could have brought back Moses and Elijah like he did on the Mount of Transfiguration and used them. That would have been an amazing thing. Men from the dead, prophets of old, come back to witness. He could use angels to come down and, and announce like they did when they announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds. But he has decided to leave this precious and eternal work to disciples like Peter and the eleven, to disciples like you and like me to go and, and tell the message of Jesus. And there is so much power in that message. Can I give you a couple examples? Even here in this time when we really can't go out and do much and interact with society, our own members here, one was going in for major surgery, a friend of hers was, was an, is an atheist and was really troubled that how she could keep such a positive attitude going into surgery. She said, after surgery, we're going to have this talk, and I'll tell you why I have this positive attitude. The conversation is coming. She's going to use this opportunity to talk about Jesus. Another family has had a caregiver come in, and, and in this time that this caregiver spends, it's long days there, they have been able to talk to them about their lives and the important things, and it became obvious to this care worker, I want to have what they have, and her family does not know about Christ and is not baptized. And now, because of conversations and a reaching out to a pastor, we get to go and, and talk about baptizing an entire family. It's the power of the message that does these things. These are members just like you and, and like me doing the work that God uses to make an eternal difference. Pentecost is far from over. It's continuing today. The Holy Spirit has come upon us with mighty power convicted and convinced our hearts of Jesus Christ as our Savior. And now he gives us this precious work to do, to go and to share, 
to go and to proclaim the truth of Jesus in simple ways, using our talents, our resources to support this work that changes eternities. Don't lose heart. Continue with zeal to move forward that we may continue this this work until Jesus returns or takes us to him and carry on his his purposes toward eternity. And so we close this Pentecost day with this simple prayer on the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and instill in us the power of your love. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses our understanding, guard and and guide your hearts through Jesus Christ. Amen.